eyes are fixed on Maledon's body. Renato thinks I have many rivals here. Not only that, even many women in the city are envious of Malina. Every time Malina passes by, the women gossip about Malina constantly, so that makes Renato emotional. In the evening, Renato can only shake his carrot with his own hands while imagining Malina Malina and Malina. He is shaking his carrot so hard, so his father wakes up. The next day, Did you say shaking his carrot because her husband died on the battlefield. But Shake his carrot. All men in the city are First time I hear that. Is officially a widow. You heard that? You heard Renato, that? Then imagine her husband. And I don't know. Renato is actually yeah, like, he trying to make all the way to the city. I don't know if I should let you say Renato is actually hurt here because he sees all the men in the city. His eyes are fixed on Maleta's body. Renato thinks I have many rivals here. That's what you did. Not only that, even many women in the city are envious of Malina. Every time Malina passes by, the women gossip about Malina constantly, so that makes Renato emotional. That shit is crazy. In the evening, Renato can only shake his carrot with his own hands while imagining all men in the city are happy because Malina is officially a widow now. Renato then imagines that he is calming Malina by kissing her. Then the ceremony of Malina is inaugurated as a widow takes place. After that, the men in the city quarrel over it. They say, I'll be Malena's husband. No, I am the one who will be Malena's husband. Shut up, I am the richest, so I will be Malena's husband. Because Renato is annoyed hearing it, Renato spits on the man's drink. And he even urinates on the woman's bag, who is always gossiping about Malena. After that, Renato goes to Malena's house. Malena has just dried her clothes. When Malena enters the house, Renato takes Malena's underwear immediately, wow. then runs away. What the fuck? In his room, Renato is shaking his carrot again while enjoying the salty smell oh of the black God. underwear. <laughs> is the it men or women? Renato's father sees That's the black question. underwear. He grabs Renato, yeah. then smacks him, and Who's even his eyes? mother burns the underwear. No. As a punishment, Renato don't is locked me? in his room. Renato doesn't want to eat. Well, who would be keeping touching girls don't steal men boxes? When the doctor checks his condition, he says that Renato really needs fresh air. That makes no Renato is free going straight to Malena's house, but he is surprised because so many men deliberately walk back and forth in front of Malena's house to get her attention. Oh my god, it's true. Until one night, Renato sees Malena has just been making love with the lieutenant, and when the lieutenant is about to go home, in front of Malena's house, a dentist okay, comes and says that Malena is his fiancé. Well, no. The lieutenant is very angry because he has just endured Malena's bottom cave. Suddenly, why does someone claim to be Malena's fiancé? So he smacks the dentist until the people come to separate them. Here, Malena is slandered as a home record because it turns out that this crazy dentist has a wife but instead claims to be Malena's fiancé. However, the dentist's wife takes the case to court, so the lieutenant who turns out to be Malena's new boyfriend has to be moved from the city. Luckily, Malena has a reliable lawyer, so she can win because it's proven that dentist is a hallucination. In the evening, Renato peeks at Malena again, and bad luck continues to befall Malena when he wants to pay the lawyer. He rejects her money because the lawyer wants to be paid with Malena's bottom cave, and finally, Malena is forced to give her bottom cave. She can't do anything, so the lawyer manages to enjoy her bottom cave, but unfortunately, 
Renato falls from the tree, so he can't watch the making love scene. Renato, who is disappointed because he saw Malina making love with another man, finally goes to the cinema to vent his lust. There is also a hot widow who will be shaking his carrot for free, so Renato takes advantage of that facility. The next day, Renato sees that the lawyer is not approved by his fierce mother to marry Malia. In the end, Ma- Okay, entrepreneurs, small business owners, I want to show you how you can increase your revenue before the end of the year. So I don't know if you know this, but Black Friday, which is coming up, it's going to be here like this. It is the biggest buying time of the year. I mean, everybody's taking out their credit cards and they're buying. And I don't know about you, but this world could use a little bit more transformation, a little bit more of you. Uh, I don't know if you help people have better marriages. I don't know if you um, if you get paid for your advice. I don't know if you help people make money um, or meditate or get connected to God. I don't know what your gig is, but what I do know is if you're out there helping people, the world needs you. And you need to find more people. Why would you do that? And so I'm going to show you for free how you can challenge yourself to increase your revenue in a very, very short period of time. So I want to show you sales, I want to show you marketing, but most of all I want to show you how to multiply. Bring a girl, not a dude. You're the one to bring a girl and I'm the one to bring a guy. I want to show you how to do that as an entrepreneur. So I did this last year and people created insane results. Like results, and we did it for free, and we're going to do it for free again. So somewhere mm -hmm. you can see a link that says the revenue challenge. Go click that, register, we'll and I'll see you on the other side. Let's go. Enjoy it. I'm trying to make a booth because every time I hear this thing, it pisses me off. I don't know why other people bother you. I'm just trying to understand. I like my peace. I'm serious about my peace. Alana doesn't marry the lawyer making Renato's heart happy. You understand? One day, a fighter plane enters their city, which yes. makes the city destroyed instantly, Thank and you. bad luck befalls Malina again where her father dies in the incident. Now Malina has nothing. The state cuts even the pension money from her husband and father. Finally, Malina changes her appearance out of desperation. In the evening, Renato sees a man enters Malena's house and immediately stabs Malena's bottom cave. Instead of being horny, Renato is crying because it turns out that Malina did that so that she could eat and moves on with his life. Even now, Malina is willing to become a mercenary woman in the German army. Renato can only fantasize about saving Malina out of her predicament by shaking his carrot alone again. The next day, when Renato sees Malina makes love with the German army, he faints because he cannot imagine Malina becoming a traitor to the nation where at that time Italy and Germany are enemies. Oh, Renato sure. is taken to the church for treatment, but it doesn't <clears throat> work. Until finally Renato's father realizes that his son is currently going through puberty, so he takes Renato to a brothel. Uh, yeah. There Renato is served to his satisfaction by a beautiful girl named Lupetta. The okay. scene is really amazing. I guess the next day, America's allies, including Italy, win World oh. War II. You are my peace. All Germans are expelled from Italy. Malina, who is considered a traitor, is dragged into the street and then beaten by the women until she bled. It's so sad. Even she also gets bald. After that, Malina is expelled from the city. So Renato becomes very sad. Long story short, suddenly Malena's husband, who is thought to be dead, returns to the city. 
He rushes to his house to look for Mallory, but the house is already crowded because it is occupied by refugees. Renato, who knew that it is Malena's husband, continues to follow him now. In the present, no one even wants to help him because everyone is against him. Until one day, this ugly man punches <laughs> Malena's husband. Renato rushes to help him because it is a pity that Renato gives him a letter containing the truth about Malena. Renato really tells everything from what happened to Malena to where Malena is now. Then her husband goes to look for Malena. A year later, suddenly everyone is fixated on a husband and wife who have just arrived in the city. Who else, if not Malena and her husband? It looks like Renato also already has a girlfriend, because Malena's husband is a hero now. Everyone in the city has changed and is kind to Malena. At the market, Malena is greeted by the women who once beaten up her. Even they give her Yo, many imagine? three kinds you of see stuff. Like, do you see Nike anywhere? When Adidas? Nobody's market, wearing that shit. Malena's <laughs> They're all, they're all dressed like goats. Malina also thanks no, to him, then Renato replies, Good luck, Miss Malina. Because it's like World War II. This is the first time Renato has spoken directly to Malina. There's At no the Nike, film, in his heart, no Gucci. Renato says that although no now Louis. he has been making love with many girls and women, but there is one woman that he will never forget, namely Malina. And the movie Malina 2000 is over. Thank you for watching this video. I hope you enjoy it. Please give me thumbs up and click the subscribe button. See you on another video. Pour notre bien-être, on peut faire de gros efforts. Ou un plus petit. On peut dormir plus. Voir encore plus. On peut manger équilibré. Plutôt demain. On peut relever tous les défis. Mais surtout les siens. En fait, il faut apprendre à bien se connaître pour se sentir mieux. Galaxy Watch 4 Series, la montre qui vous connaît le mieux. Yes, people, so why are younger guys going for old women? Take a look at this clip. Why are men attracted to older women? I'm 43. There might be money on the third. Well, I'm about to be 43. And I noticed that more young men are attracted to me. Than older men. Like this lifting the thing is because old women come with less trauma and headaches in general than younger women. So it's a lot less gameplay, it's straight to the point. A lot of young girls these days just seek a lot of validation and attention. They've got 10 other guys in their DMs. They don't know what they want. Old women usually know what they want. Obviously, I'm not saying it's always the case, but I think a lot of the time that's the way it is. And the way women are recently, a lot of young guys, they're starting to get smart. And they can't be fucked to play no games. Let me know what you think in the comments, guys. Peace out. So, you're out of money until Friday? Really? Yeah, I might have to change. Yeah, I'm a bad
talk about a little guidance. Like, how does that, how did that come together? Well, I think we've come together before. <laughs> I have to stop this. And, um, and tried to link and make music. Lining of the respiratory tract, and they predominate in the wall of the gut. So we have to keep our skin barrier healthy and resilient, no breaks in the skin and not dry. We want to keep our respiratory tract healthy. Um, not smoking and vaping, that'd be the best way to do it. Um, but air pollution can, can in, in negatively impact it as well. And then keeping gut, the, the health of the gut lining really, really in tip-top shape. And that also decreases the burden on those mast cells. Yeah, and I think it's getting everything out, like dealing with people's heavy metals and dealing with any nutritional deficiencies, and zinc is common to be low in people, and you know, vitamin D is low, and so you basically just kind of stabilize the immune system by helping to optimize all the systems in the body, and the immune system is, is also influenced by our thoughts and feelings, right? There's a whole field of psychoneuroimmunology, and we know that your immune system is listening to your thoughts, and so stress can often inflame your emotions, inflame your immune system. And I think that's uh, really underappreciated. And another doorway is through your autonomic nervous system. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's great, Mark. There was a study a few years ago in people with asthma, and they found that people who started journaling, so a way to kind of get some of their stresses out on paper and manage them, they had fewer asthma flares and less significant symptoms. Um, meditation, biofeedback, quieting down that sympathetic arousal, that upregulated nervous system can also quiet the immune system. Acupuncture, many people find that acupuncture is another way to help kind of quiet everything down and can make a big, big difference. So it's a critically important piece that often gets overlooked. So important. And I, and I think that uh, the bottom line here, Cindy, is that you know, we don't have to suffer like we thought we did allergies with you know just constant seasonal allergies and struggling and having you know difficulty with, with you know just congestion and runny eyes and being a mess and and i can yeah. tell you just how shocking it is to me even people with very high levels of allergies like you know, ige levels that are really high uh -huh. um which is the part of your immune system that fights uh -huh. sort of with the allergic response they can get better that can come down and uh you know what's what's really striking is that it's it's um it's really not something you get from your traditional allergist or your traditional doctor. You're it's a struggle. So this is a vexing problem that affects so many people. These over-the-counter drugs, people are buying like candy, and I, I think most of us think we're sort of doomed to just have allergies. We get allergy shots, but the truth is there's so much that's driving this overactive immune response that we can modify once we understand what's going on underneath. And, and I know you've had your own experiences with allergies, and I certainly have seen many, many patients who struggle with and have just remarkable benefits by adjusting some of their lifestyle habits, the diet, and also improving their other uh, factors, which we're gonna talk about, like the gut, for example. So what are the symptoms that most people get? What causes it? And and how does traditional medicine typically deal with this problem? This week on Mind Valley, it is Life Book Week. Now, many people who follow me, who've been following Mind Valley, know what a Life Book is. For those of you who are unaware, I want to explain. Life Book was a seminar that I attended way back in uh, in 2010. 
is started by a guy called John Butcher with his wife, Missy. And uh, John and Missy are incredible American entrepreneurs. They, uh, they created the Precious Moments art licensing empire. But the unique thing about John and Missy is that while many people who are building billion dollar businesses tend to be focused on career and money, John and Missy seem to lead a life blessed by magic. They live in one of the most beautiful homes in the world. They have such an incredible relationship and marriage spanning 33 years, incredible children, a life filled with travel and adventure. John and Missy have seven together, yet they have enough free time to spend three months a year living in exotic places like Egypt or, or Turkey. And uh, as I got to talk, I, I, I asked him, and his first started asking him, how is their life so, so ridiculously amazing? I mean, let me show you an example. This is a picture of John, and notice his physique, 29 to 49, right? This guy's able to do so much without even showing the effects of aging. And his friends asked John and Missy for their secret. He would hold up a leather binder, and he would say, well, I had it all planned. You see, John, you pick it up early on. That life needs to give you multidimensional. I told this guy, I'm catching up with my kids um, for, for hot chocolate. And so he and Missy decided to look at your life from 12 different dimensions, and then in each of these dimensions, most of us are trained to our BS education system. It's really about career and money. Your job title and your bank balance. The John Missy decided to look at questions such as the character traits they wanted to develop, the emotional states they wanted to be in on a persistent basis, how they wanted to live their relationship, how they wanted to, to be parents, the adventure, the creativity, all of these different areas. And for each of these areas, they would answer four questions. Now, as they put this work together, it became one of the ultimate acts of critical reflection, goal setting, and journaling. And they called it their life book. Now, their friends were so fascinated, their friends asked them to create life books for their friends, and that's how the life book seminar started. So I attended it in 2010. I have a life book. I, uh, it's about 100 pages long, and it transformed my life. Back then, in 2010, I, I was... I had gotten some VC money to launch a startup in Malaysia, but I hated that job. Lifebook helped give me clarity. It helped move me to what really brought me joy. Within 10 months of, of doing my Lifebook, I ended up coming up with a crazy business idea, which ended up being the AFES Festival, now going into its 10th year. Lifebook continued to help me auto-correct imbalances in my life as I built a massive company to keep my health in check, to keep my relationships in check, to keep my emotional states in check, and to expand upon these and make these bigger and better than ever. And so when I brought Lifebook onto Mind Valley in 2016, it exploded. And uh, close to 30,000 people started creating a Lifebook. So if you find this idea interesting, if you'd like to go deeper on this Lifebook methodology, I'm doing a special masterclass with John and Missy this week. So join us and we will talk about the 12 categories that you want to be paying attention to. And we will give you the four questions. And many of you might want to go through the digital version of the seminar, which is now exclusively on Mind Valley. And that's going to be available for you as well. So I'll see you at this masterclass. Can't wait to introduce all of you to the concept of Lifebook. Lifebook is so powerful. If you go to our website, stories.mindvalley.com, there are over one 
thousand case studies of people all around the world, including right here in Tallinn, Estonia, who have done life book and completely re-engineered their life. The person who we are meant to be, the life that we are meant to live. Well, allergies have been around for a long time, so it's not a new problem. Um, it's when your immune system makes antibodies, usually called IgE antibodies, to something that you're breathing in or exposed to in the environment, like a dust allergy or a pollen allergy or a grass allergy. And when that happens, these mast cells that contain histamine dump their histamine and cause all the symptoms that we recognize as allergy symptoms. Congestion, sneezing, itchy nose, itchy eyes, watery eyes, um, sometimes wheezing, tightness in the chest, it can, it can contribute to asthma. And one of the things that sort of gets overlooked is just how exhausted people who have active allergies can feel. Mm. It's a really common contributor to just low level lethargy and fatigue. So those are the classic symptoms. Even though it's not new, the prevalence is unfortunately increasing. Um, there are a lot more people nowadays with allergies, actual allergies, than there were 50 years ago, 100 years ago. And we can talk about some of the reasons why that happens. Um, you know, and, and typically we're gonna treat it, or in traditional medicine, you treat it with identifying the allergen, trying to remove it, treating the symptoms with antihistamines, maybe nasal steroids, maybe an inhaler for your lungs, um, or trying desensitization shots or drops to try to downregulate that response. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think there's a whole theory of these missing microbes. Uh, uh, there's been a book called Missing Microbes written by a, a, a professor, I think he's a Columbia or Cornell, NYU, um, and Michael Gerson, and he talks about the fact that we have lost so many of these indigenous microbes that help us regulate our response to foreign substances, right? So we should not be having an overreactive response to things that normally shouldn't bother us. We should be tolerating them. They should be affecting us. And and we've seen, you know, a lot of other books like The Epidemic of Absence, and this goes for all, all allergy uh, and more. And I, I think one of the um, you know, most striking things that, that um, you know, I've seen this a study years ago was uh, was way back when we were just starting doing this work in Canyon Ranch. Uh, there was a paper published that showed if you gave pregnant women lactobacillus while they were pregnant, and then you and give the babies lactobacillus after they were born, or even if you didn't, the babies would have far less eczema and asthma and allergies just by virtue of that. And it turns out that there's a, a bacteria that's so important uh, for helping regulate immune function and reduce inflammation uh, and, and help with the development of what we call oral tolerance, which is when you eat, you know, why don't you, when you eat a chicken, you don't become a chicken or you don't react. It's because your body knows what to do. There's a, a company called Invivio that's created a bacteria strain that's called Bifidobacterium infantis. And this is infant, it's infant, right? So this is a very important bacteria that should be in every baby's gut. And it's also in, should be in every mom's system. And the problem is that one, our overuse of antibiotics during pregnancy, during delivery, and even before, I mean, there isn't probably a woman on the planet pretty much who hasn't had an antibiotic sometime in her life. And, and these bacteria are super sensitive to antibiotics and you will literally wipe them out. And so there's a whole generation of kids being born with increased allergy and autoimmunity and inflammation and asthma. And it may be in part due to the sort of widespread genocide of this particular bacteria 
And now you can take as a supplement, and they're giving it to pregnant women, they're giving it to babies in the first 100 days. What they're seeing is dramatic reductions in the sort of consequences that we typically see in these kids, such as allergies and autoimmunity. So I think this whole field of how do we sort of reset the gut, how do we reset the immune system, how do we sort of calm things down, so, so important. Yeah, there's another piece related to that, Mark, and that's um, what's been fairly recently recognized that another advantage of breastfeeding your baby is mm -hmm. breast milk is rich in prebiotics that actually allow a bloom of beneficial bacteria in the baby's gut. So if they're being bottle fed, they're missing another opportunity to help develop a resilient ecosystem in their gut. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's so important. But the problem with it, uh, the breast milk is is um, that not everybody gets it, <laughs> and and we, we need to think about how do we put the oligosaccharides, these non-digestible starches that are in breast milk, into formula if kids are drinking formula. And what's interesting in terms of this bifidobacterium infantis is that it really loves this particular food. It loves the oligosaccharides that's in breast milk, and it feeds on it. Uh, but the problem is, if the babies or the mother doesn't have it, even if they get the oligosaccharides, it won't feed it because it's just not there. It's just not there, yeah. Yeah, so it's really important. And, and the other thing that's kind of is an interesting therapy that um, you know was written about in a book called The Epidemic of Absence. Epidemic of Absence, or Missing Microbes is the other book, but they're, they're all the, basically the same idea that, that we've messed up our gut flora, that we are not exposed to the same things we're exposed to, and we often, our immune systems don't know what to do, so they create autoimmunity or they create allergy. So autoimmunity is you're overreacting to something inside yourself, and allergy is you're overreacting to something outside yourself. <laughs> and what they found was that there, there's cultures, like I mentioned earlier, where they don't have these problems, but they also have other issues. They have gut issues such as parasites and worms. <laughs> things. And it turns out that these worms and parasites were keeping our immune system busy. And when those go away, because we've been so hygienic, that our immune system is looking for something to do, and they get busy doing autoimmunity or allergy. And uh, there's actually some studies looking at worms for the treatment of, of allergy. And I, I particularly and personally use some of these. Uh, one product is called uh, HDCs, which is a rat tapeworm. Uh, and uh, as, as our friend Sid Baker calls them, little dudes. And, they, and, and it sounds really weird and a little crazy, but there is a lot of scientific data about this and evidence that, that it could be helpful. And, and it's very harmless. Uh, they don't take up residence in there. And I actually treated a number of patients who've had like IgE levels of 1,000. Normally it should be like it's 100. And I've seen levels come down to normal and allergies should basically go away. So I don't start with that treatment. It was off of these other things we have to do anyway first to stabilize and improve the overall health of the patient. But if people get stuck, there's a lot of cool tricks we have in functional medicine that we can do. Um, yeah. So I didn't I'm not that would work. <laughs> no, it's great. I learned it from Sid Baker. It's very impressive. And it's shocking when you see like an IG level go from a thousand to like a hundred. That's shocking. And you go, okay, well, there's something there. And it make it makes sense that there's a biological plausibility to it. It's inexpensive, it's safe. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's evidence that it works. And so sometimes these things are worth trying even when they're not mainstream. Do you want to know my secret for living a long and happy and healthy life? Well, all I have to do is check out my weekly newsletter, Mark's Picks, where I share my favorite tips for health, longevity, well-being, and lots more. Check it out and the link below. Cindy, what, what other wisdom do you have about people suffering allergies? Because you're, you're, you're in it with them, right? 
I'm in it with them. I, well, I wish the pinworms and hookworms had, had served me a little bit better. They did not when I was a kid, but... Um, did you try? Oh you, oh, you didn't take, but you haven't I taken them. I was exposed to them. I was exposed to them. I grew up yeah. playing up dirt in South Carolina, yeah. yeah. Um, we, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I loved this study. It's a very small proof of concept study that came out last year in Finland. We're talking about prevention, right? They, in, in half of the daycares, playgrounds, they created... Um, a mimicking of the forest floor, the kind of things that would grow in the forest floor in Finland, and the other was just a regular daycare, and they let the kids just do their normal playing in the playground. And after two months, the kids who were using the playground with, that mimicked the forest floor, they had a more resilient, diverse skin microbiome and gut microbiome, and their inflammatory markers were downregulated. So. That to me is yet more evidence that man, we are healthier when we're outside in the woods and playing in the dirt. That I think it had even even after the fact, there's a rebound or improvement in our skin and gut microflora. Yeah, it's all about getting the bugs balanced, right? Getting the bugs balanced. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, Cindy, it's been such a great conversation about a very vexing problem for so many millions of people. But have hope. Uh, by using a functional medicine approach, by getting your gut healthy, by dealing with the root causes, by addressing things like histamine, addressing uh, you know underlying heavy metal toxins and other factors, you can restabilize your immune system and calm down the allergic responses and maybe even your allergies. Like, who is that? <laughs> I forgot the bread. Something about it. Oh, okay, that's what it Weather. Waiting for the bus in the cold.
And when they have excess amounts of histamine in them or they release histamine too easily, you will get this thing called dermatographism where you can take your, your finger and, and stroke on the skin and you will form a red line and it'll stay there. And sometimes it'll get really welty and, and raised and that will tell you that there is a problem with excess amounts of histamine in the body. Yeah, and it's something that you know we've all experienced. You know, when you get a bee sting or something like that, you'll see this raised well. Yep. But 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 what happens for some people? They don't necessarily get the hives, and they don't get the these raised wells on their skin. But they do suffer a whole range of symptoms. So when someone walks in your office, what are the clues that alert you to the fact that they might have a histamine problem? Because by the way, most traditional doctors don't even know anything about this syndrome. Yeah, if you have allergies, take an histamine, but that's about it. Yeah. There's, but there's a whole host of problems that people suffer from that are yeah. mostly misdiagnosed, poorly treated, and create so much suffering, which is unnecessary. Yeah. And there's a, there's a term out now, which um, when I was in medical school, we didn't even have it. It was called, it's now called MCAS, mast cell activation syndrome. Like it's a real medical yeah. diagnosis. It's a real medical diagnosis. I mean, we're seeing a lot of it now. And the question is, is why are we seeing so much mast cell activation? Mm. It's a, it's a really, it's a, and I've, I've been puzzling on this myself. Yeah, I never took that class in med school. I, I know, right? Exactly. But, but it's true. It's a well, big thing. Now. We're seeing, we're seeing a lot of it, and 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 it's not like it's, it's. There's one cause for mast cell activation. There are multiple causes, and and I actually even in when I deep dived into the literature, one of the things that I stumbled upon was the effects of EMF on mast cells. EMF is? EMF is electromagnetic frequency. So like your cell phone, background, cell yeah. towers, Wi-Fi. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there's some, uh, there's some work by a woman, uh, Johansson, out of, uh, uh, I think it's Sweden, uh, who's done some work on uh, the effects of EMFs on mast cell degranulation. And there's some, some good studies showing that EMFs are one of the things in susceptible individuals that cause their mast cells to release more histamine that drives this uh, 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 allergic inflammatory response. So that's fascinating. And so what when, what are the sort of symptoms that, that you see people coming in with? Well, they oftentimes uh, will react to every food. They, they, they're sort of the people who they can't, they, they, they have a, a more and more restricted diet because the more foods that they, they eat, it'll trigger because lots of foods contain histamine uh, or will get broken down. Uh, histidine is an amino acid and that, uh, um, when you, when you consume foods that are high in histidine, uh, things like uh, meats uh, have a lot of histidine, your body will actually break it down into histamine. And normally the body can process that, but uh, when you have problems with either too much ingestion or too much production of uh, histamine or not enough breakdown of the histamine, then you'll have problems with uh, histamine intolerance. And these are you know, typically a lot of people who have food allergies. And Mark, I think you, you've done this yourself. Yeah. This is uh, really interesting, is the old, old way of treating food allergies was what? Chromalin sodium. Yeah, right. Yeah. You remember using yeah. that? Yeah, and that, it's actually quite. It's actually a pretty good uh, 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 treatment for people who are really, really reactive to foods. And the way that chromalin sodium, because chromalin is actually used for patients with asthma. Yeah, you inhale. It's an inhaler. It's an inhaler, exactly. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's a very effective uh, drug for really bad cases. Chromalin sodium can be very, very helpful for patients who have uh, severe of uh, uh, histamine responses to foods. And it's true, and people can come in with all sorts of weird symptoms. They just oh. are misdiagnosed. They have headaches, they have migraines, yeah. facial congestion, sinus issues, fatigue, brain fog, brain fog, digestive problems, menstrual cycle problems, yeah. nausea, vomiting. And if it's really severe, 
Uh, you can get really bad cramping, you can get edema, tons of fluid retention, yep. uh, palpitations, anxiety, uh, your temperature regulation is yeah. off, dizziness. Yeah. So a lot of people come in with like weird symptoms. Are, I don't know what's wrong. I take an antidepressant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so but, but there, is a, there is a way to diagnose this. And so if you're suffering from any of these issues, it may be that th there may be a, a chance that it could be a histamine issue. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, when you have someone who comes in with all these symptoms, and, and, and by the way, a lot of people have edema and food retention. You just stick your finger in their body yeah. and their tissue because it's puffy, puffy and swollen. Yeah. You can get edema in the legs. You can see just people carrying a lot of extra weight and fluid. Yeah. There's often some type of histamine activation there. Well, sure, because, well, the mast cells, which are the, one, the cells that contain histamine, they're actually found in the spaces, the interstitial spaces uh, in the connective tissue of the body. So that's why they get puffy, because those are where those cells that are high in histamine reside. And it can, it can really be something that leads to chronic fatigue syndrome, this mast cell activation issue. It's, it's a big deal, and, and most of the time it's just completely missed. Yeah. I mean, if you ask the average doctor, say, Doc, I think I have mast cell activation syndrome. Can you please get me the test and diagnose me? They're going to go, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let me check your histamine levels. So, so when you have a patient with this, uh, how do you begin to think about uh, diagnosing this? Because, you know, it, it can... It can be a big, it can be a big deal for people, and I, yeah. I, I want to share a case later. You're going to share some cases of some patients who suffered for decades, decades, and and finally get better when we treat them. Yeah. Well, again, we, we talked uh, on the last podcast about the role of leaky gut in the microbiome. Interestingly, uh, when you have dysbiosis, um, some of the bacteria will actually uh, cause more of your bo your body to produce excess amounts of histam uh, histamine. So that's another thing where when the histamine uh, uh, is in excess in the digestive tract, that can be related to food consumption, which are high foods in the histamine, or the bacteria are actually causing the breakdown of histidine as, a, as an amino acid to go into histamine. Mm. So dysbiosis is one of the things that can trigger uh, uh, excess amounts that of histamine. That old nasty gut thing again. We're oh, yeah. talking about the gut here on the uh, yep. Doctor's Pharmacy podcast and especially right. in our house episodes because it's such a fundamental thing. And it's connected to everything. And the microbiome is is so critical in so many aspects of our health. And I remember when we started doing this, Todd, decades ago, and they'd say, oh, people have a leaky gut, or there's problems with their gut floor, they have dysbiosis. They would just laugh at us. They yeah. literally would just, doctors would just laugh at us and think we were completely it's crazy. Insane. And, and yet it is now one of the, the most important areas of research in medicine is the microbiome and yeah. understanding leaky gut. And you see all kinds of papers in scientific literature using the term leaky gut. And yeah. like, wow. Yeah. This is, I, I, it, literally, it, it, I literally it remember sitting, it was, it was in 1997, and I was at Canyon Ranch, and I was having dinner with some guests, and there were some doctors in the crowd, and we were having a nice dinner, and we were t I was talking about leaky gut, and the woman, this woman was an allergist. So her, her specialty was allergy and things like this to me. And she looked at me, and she said, you're just completely nuts. There's no such thing as leaky gut. You know, this is just a bunch of... You know what? And yeah. and I just was like looked at her like, oh boy. You know, and it's now, you know, twenty five years later. Yeah. And medicine's really come along. It takes a long time, but people are still struggling, you know. And I think the obvious, you know, the obvious uh, the worst sort of case scenario of a histamine reaction is obviously anaphylaxis. Anaphylaxis, right? yeah. But but that, that it doesn't have to be that. So talk about how how we begin to diagnose it. We look at, at what test besides a SIBO test we, we look yeah. at well, you can measure histamine in the blood. Uh, you can also measure uh, uh, tryptase, which is another uh, marker for uh, mast cell activation. Um, you can also measure, there's another test, uh, which uh, in my, uh, in my uh, 
preparation for this, uh, I've not measured, I haven't found the lab that does it, but it can be measured as N-methylhistamine, which is a breakdown product of uh, histamine. That That's another one that uh, can be uh, done. And then, um, again, I think one of the, the tests for me is dermatographism. I, I, I find that a very uh, helpful uh, clinical test uh, to determine if a person's uh, mast cells in interstitial uh, spaces mm. are overly uh, reactive uh, in uh, releasing lots of histamine. Yeah. And we also do a test for a DAO deficiency. Yes, yeah. So yeah. talk about what that is. DAO is an enzyme, right? Yes, so DAO is a diamine oxidase. So this is an enzyme that our body has, and um, it helps to break down histamine. So histamine has to be you know, uh, consumed, it's used, and then it has to be uh, detoxified. And if this enzyme is lacking in a person, uh, for whatever reason the enzyme may be turned off, you will have problems with uh, uh detoxifying uh, histamine, especially in the gut. So, and there are uh, uh, enzyme products that you can use, uh, uh, DAO enzymes that yeah. you can use that patients have respond very, very yeah. well to Yeah, those. we do that here at Thelchel Wellness Center. We give people histDAO and enzyme support. And it's interesting, there's a lot of things we do every day that block DAO production. Absolutely, right? yeah. Alcohol, black yep. tea, yep. green tea, which is a good thing, mate, <laughs> energy yeah. drinks. These all block DAO production, so it's gonna increase your your, your histamine intolerance. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then, you know, you can you can use um, uh, his, antihistamines. And the other thing, we had another podcast earlier on migraines. And this is, I found this also very interesting, is one of the things that is a histamine blocker is butterbur. And mm. butterbur is used in migraines. And the reason why butterbur works in migraines is that it actually is working as, on an antihistamine level. Because you can get a uh, an allergic brain, if you will. Mm. You know, we know we know about that where you get fuzzy in the head and you get uh, you can get headaches and, and things like that. So excess amounts of histamine has an impact on the brain. Yeah, and and, and you know there uh, and so when you see these patients, you can do some of the genetic testing, look for these DAO deficiency issues. You can look at histamine levels. You can yep. look at some of these byproducts. You can do test for DAO deficiency. You can look at some of the other factors that may be causing it, like leaky gut, food sensitivities. All that is really part of what we do here at the Ultra Wellness Center when we check these patients' history and we look at their lab tests. And then and, you know, so when they come in, you sort of you have this sort of suspicion, because sometimes it's hard to diagnose, you have a suspicion. Like, it's pretty easy to sort of test and, 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 and try different approaches that will allow people to see if it's an issue. Yeah. So what are the dietary things that we start? Because a lot of histamine triggers are in the diet, yeah. right? And so we, we can have a low histamine diet. So what, what's a low histamine diet? Well, um, foods or, or what actually are? Well, put, put it this way: What are the foods that have a high histamine that we should be avoiding? Yeah. So so basically, the way to think about it is bacteria produce histamine. So if you have food that's old, if you have food that's sitting in the refrigerator for a couple of days, guess what happens? The bacteria actually break down histidine. The amino acid into histamine. So no leftovers. For leftovers, exactly. Oh, Lef exactly. Leftovers, oh, exactly. Boy, I live right. on leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and, just like the next day. And then <laughs> fermented foods. Fermented foods are fermented by bacteria. Mm. So anytime we have food that's old or fermented, things like Parmesan cheese, uh, uh, aged uh, uh, meats, uh, etc., cured meats, etc., they have high histamine, and that's part of the fermentation process. So and yet we talk about fermented foods being so good for you, like sauerkraut and kimchi and natto and miso and exactly. And, and this and is where this is where this is where these these really good foods in someone who has histamine intolerance is like putting gasoline on a fire. And they'll, and they'll say, "Well, I'm getting worse." It's like, "Well, no, you should be getting worse. These are good foods for you." No, you have histamine problems. What is that saying? Was good for the gooses and good for the gander, right? Exactly. I, think, I think this is so so critical what we're talking about here, Todd, because 
Functional medicine is personalized medicine. Absolutely, yeah. It's precision medicine. And it's not only medicine, it's precision nutrition. Yeah. So it's really important to understand that even though this way of eating may be great for some people with yeah. fermented foods and eating avocados and having you know, delicious shellfish. Bone and broth. Bone broth. That's it's, another one. Right, we think, oh, these are great foods, but you might be killing yourself. <laughs> Uh, of course, alcohol and beer and all that is a problem. Wine, but but you know we we are we're uh, we're really here focused on what is right for you. Yeah. And I think dietary dogma really interrupts personalization of yeah. approach to nutrition. Absolutely. Some people do great on vegan diets. Some people do terribly. Some people do great on keto, and some people do terribly. Yeah. So there's no one size fits all approach. And what really frustrates me, Todd, and probably I imagine you too, is that you know. There's all these people out there on the web and internet and promoting this and that approach and this and that diet, and they're not seeing patients. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about seeing patients is it's incredibly humbling. If you've seen tens of thousands of patients, you know, you, you can't be dogmatic. Absolutely. You can't say, this is the way. You have to be vegan or you have to eat meat or yeah. you have to eat fermented foods. or you, It's like you go, wait a minute, everybody's different. Yeah, and what, what what works for one may not work for another. Yeah, one man's food is another man's poison. That's right, and even good quote good foods. You know, we're talking about good foods. Yeah, and so I think I think this is a really important point, particularly people have histamine issues, which is a lot of people at yeah. some level or another. Uh, they should consider trying a histamine free diet, and also other other foods that we think are also great, maybe triggering histamine, like papayas and chocolate. Oh my God, chocolate, which I love, yeah. would be terrible to get this condition. Yeah. Uh, dried fruit, certain nuts, food dyes, additives, you know, wheat germ, wheat germ, yeah. supposed to be healthy, right? Tomatoes, yeah. bananas, all these things may they really cause increased histamine production. Yeah, and 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 sadly, you know, in order to get this under control, sometimes you need to be restricting some of these foods. For a while, for a while, by heal. It's not forever. That, that's that's the thing. Is 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 I, I think you're absolutely right. Like an elimination diet is not something that you do forever, and a low histamine diet is also something that you don't necessarily have to do forever. And I, I think that the key thing is really working with a really good, well-trained, experienced functional medicine nutritionist who can help you navigate all of the nuances of what to eat, what to avoid. Uh, what what to take in terms of supplements can be very very helpful. Absolutely, you know the things that we want to focus on if you have uh, histamine intolerance are foods that are low in histamine, like fresh, really fresh food is the yeah. key, right? Not old food, like you said. Yeah. Fresh meat, freshly caught fish. Yep. Not fish that's been sitting around for a while, or canned fish is not necessarily good. Fruit that's not citrus fruits. Uh, eggs are great. Yeah. Not gluten grains. Get away from the gluten, but quinoa and and black rice. Uh, not dairy. Avoid dairy, but you can have. Coconut milk or almond milk, uh, lots of veggies, but no tomatoes, avocados, spinach, or eggplant, right? So you've got to be smart about this, and it's a little complicated, and often you need help with the nutritionist. Yeah. All the good oils and fats that we like, those are all great. So, you, you know, it's pretty much how I eat. I mean, I, I do eat avocados and certain things, but I really pretty much eat protein vegetables, and, and it works so well for these patients. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Hyman. Thanks for tuning into the Doctor's Pharmacy. I hope you're loving this podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do. And, introduce to you all the experts that I know and I love and that I've learned so much from. And I want to tell you about something else I'm doing, which is called Mark's Picks. It's my weekly newsletter. And in it, I share my favorite stuff from foods to supplements to gadgets to tools to enhance your health. It's all the cool stuff that I use and that my team uses to optimize and enhance our health. And I'd love you to sign up for the weekly newsletter. I'll only send it to you once a week on Fridays. Nothing else, I promise. And all you have to do is go to drhyman.com 
forward slash picks to sign up. That's drhyman.com forward slash picks, P-I-C-K-S, and sign up for the newsletter, and I'll share with you my favorite stuff that I use to enhance my health and get healthier and better and live younger, longer. Now back to this week's episode. So Todd, when you see a patient like this, tell me about a case that you might have had where, where it sort of uh, kind of got you thinking about this and allowed you to, to really uh, drive down into, into really the diagnosis and the treatment. Well, you bring up an interesting thing because, you know, as I uh, have seen more and more patients, and I, I think we are seeing more patients who have, you know, uh, histamine intolerance, call it mast cell activation syndrome, uh, to what degree, is there are certain individuals who can be a little bit more predisposed towards this. So people who have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, you know, the uh, hypermobile people can actually have, for whatever reasons, will have a, a higher incidence of um, uh, histamine intolerance. Uh, the other thing in the case that I recently had was a, a patient who ha- came in to me with severe mast cell activation syndrome. It was on a whole bunch of different medicines, including chromium, which we talked about uh, earlier, uh, to, uh, to uh, decrease uh, food reactions to histamine. And uh, I, I saw the patient, and uh, he gave a very interesting history. He had um, this skin lesion, which sort of like morphed into this, um, uh, almost like a scarring type uh, ulcerated uh, th- uh, lesion on his uh, back area. He saw multiple dermatologists, had a biopsy, had part of the area removed, and was ultimately diagnosed with a, a some type of uh, form of a scleroderma, uh, mm. sort of a, like a malignant scleroderma, which is sort of interesting and like, well, what's, what's that related to? But he was also having all of these, these histamine type reactions. And then when I... Uh, asked him a bunch of questions, you know, I started thinking about, well, guess what? Lyme disease is also associated with histamine intolerance because uh, uh, Lyme bacteria resides in the connective tissues in the body, sort of hides there, and that in turn can actually activate those mast cells, uh, which uh, mast cells are the first line defense, uh, or one of the first lines of defense against infectious agents. And when I asked him, because he had a lot of, you know, fatigue and brain fog type symptoms too, but, you know, maybe that was related to something else. So I asked him about, you know, potential uh, exposure. So lo and behold, he uh, ended up having a low CD57 count, which is oftentimes a marker. It's not diagnostic of Lyme, but it tells you that the immune system is not working so well. And uh, when I did advanced testing on him, he had actually had conventional lab testing. I think we talked about that in another podcast, how regular conventional lab testing for Lyme disease is not that helpful. Um, But uh, I I did a specialized uh, T-cell Eli spot test on him, and his uh, 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 Lyme uh, Eli spot test lit up like a Christmas tree. Wow. Right. So he had Lyme disease. He had Lyme disease, which was actually triggering a lot of his uh, uh, mast cell uh, activation uh, type symptoms. Um, so uh, so I wor- I've been working with him for a while and he did very well. Uh, we, I put him on a, a, a supplement which is a combination of quercetin which can help with... Uh, uh, it's like a natural antihistamine. Na- natural antihistamine. Turns out it's really good for COVID too. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Very, very powerful uh, 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 phytochemical. Mm-hmm. And I, he did very well uh, by adding uh, uh, nettles along with quercetin uh, as a su- in supplement form. Uh, he also worked with a nutritionist, got on a uh, low uh, histamine diet dramatically made a huge, huge improvement. Yeah. Uh, his brain was working better um, and his energy was better, but he still wasn't 100% better. So that's where I went, went to the next level. And uh, he's you know, currently actually being treated for Lyme. 
uh, and it's in the medical literature. And, and I sort of stumbled upon this because I had this patient come into me, and um, she had uh, the same thing. She was um, uh, had severe mast cell activation. She was on Zolaire. She was on injections for was like twenty grand a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, twenty grand a year. Twenty to grand a year. Control the histamine, which could be controlled by diet and these other things. Exactly, and and her condition actually uh, turned out to be the same thing. It was actually uh, undiagnosed Lyme disease, mm -hmm. and this is, I think, you know, one of those things where you have to think about it. Not that Lyme disease causes everything, but Lyme disease is such a tricky uh, condition yeah. that you've got to be thinking about it. Anybody who it's comes a great in, masquerader. It, it's like syphilis, exactly. It's like the great masquerader, and people can come in. I've seen people with Parkinson's symptoms. I've seen people with um, brain fog. I've seen people with rheumatoid, you know, seronegative rheumatoid arthritis. And Chris Christopherson had Alzheimer's, quote Alzheimer's. Exactly, Lyme disease. exactly. I, I had one patient with fibromyalgia who was, you know, quote unquote fibromyalgia, whatever that means. It means just, it means you're hurt all over. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so Lyme can actually mimic fibromyalgia. Yeah. yeah so you really got to think about it. and. It, it doesn't present as one, you know, neat, neat little boxed uh, diagnosis. It's yeah. really, you got really... Well, that sort of speaks to the, one of the foundational concepts of functional medicine is that one disease can have many causes. Yeah. Right? Like histamine intolerance can have many causes. Yeah. And one cause, like Lyme disease, can create many diseases. Right? Yes. Can create, like, you know, Lyme disease can cause neurologic issues and joint issues and skin issues and chronic fatigue yeah. and Alzheimer's and... Mast cell activation syndrome, and, you know, uh, you know, POTS, and all these weird diagnoses that doctors treat as if they're the thing, but actually it's something else. Right. You know, what's also interesting about histamine is that you know there are there are processes in our body. You mentioned this DAO enzyme that breaks down histamine, and, and a lot of things interfere with it. We talked about some of the foods that interfere with it, but there are also a lot of drugs that interfere with histamine uh, breakdown through this DAO enzyme. Uh, Antibiotics, antidepressants, antipsychotic medications, diuretics, uh, even things like muscle relaxants, pain meds, GI meds, uh, meds for reflux, like the acid blockers, TB meds, and even over-the-counter stuff we use all the time, like aspirin and and uh, and naproxen, like Aleve, Ulterin, anti-inflammatories, all can be really driving this inhibition of this enzyme that breaks down histamine. So you might be taking all these drugs, you might be eating all these foods, you might be nutrition and nutritionally deficient, all these things can really be driving this histamine intolerance. And, and what's interesting is that in order to actually uh, have the ability to break down histamine using DAO, you need certain nutrients, right? There's certain nutrients that really play a role, like vitamin B6, vitamin C, copper, magnesium, manganese, zinc, calcium, B1, B12, folic acid, all these are critical nutrients, and many of us are deficient. If you look at the, the nutritional testing we do here at the Ultra Wellness Center, I don't know about you, Todd, but you know, people say, oh, you don't need vitamins, and oh, you know, people are eating a healthy diet, they're fine. Nonsense. I mean, we don't, we don't guess, we test. Yeah. And we look and see the amount of nutritional deficiencies that exist are just massive, even in our population, which is a relatively affluent, well-educated population. Imagine how bad it is, and, I, and I've seen what I call virgin patients, you know, people who really never seen a functional medicine doctor who have, yeah. you know, low, a, a lower um, socioeconomic status, underserved patients, and they, and they, they have massive deficiencies. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we, we, we really can, you know, take out the bad stuff, whether it's foods or drugs, 
and we can add the good stuff, which is the right foods and the right the right nutrients. And that's really what's so powerful about functional medicine. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just recall a case, I'm gonna share a little bit of this guy who just was the most complicated patient. He, he for years and years, had tremendous swelling everywhere. He'd get these lesions all over his body, uh, and he would have skin breakdown, he had fluid retention, no matter what he ate, he couldn't lose weight, and he was always puffy and swollen, and it turned out he had this histamine intolerance syndrome, and we diagnosed him, and we put him on a low histamine diet, we gave him the chromalin, which chromalin is a mast cell inhibitor, so it basically blocks the release of histamine from these white blood cells, and you can take it before you eat, it's very safe, yeah. it's very, it's very, very effective medication, yeah. very effective, it's prescribed for food allergies, but it's incredibly effective for this. I, I give them, he, he was also really severe, so we gave him an, I met other medications, Zantac, which is a histamine blocker. It's another histamine drug, even though it's for acid stomach. And we gave him other 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 supplements like quercetin. We gave him the histio. We, we sort of piled a lot of stuff on yep. in order to help him. For severe cases, you got to do that. And he was so severe, and it was amazing what happened to him. After 35 years of misdiagnosis and suffering and struggling, he was seeing the best doctors. He lost 35 pounds without really trying. All the fluid went out of his system. Yeah. It was all fluid. Fluid, yeah. It was just interstitial fluid. Fluid, yeah. yeah. It was like the Michelin man. Yep. And he, his gut healed, he felt better. It was just really quite an amazing case. And it you know, I think it was one of the more extreme cases of histamine intolerance I've ever seen. Uh, and he had to be very extreme, but you know, there's there's a middle ground depending on where you're at and, and what you need to do. So if you are think you're suffering from any of this stuff, then it's really important to get properly assessed and treated. And and people go from doctor to doctor to doctor, and they don't get an answer. And if you're if you're really struggling, it could be this phenomenon of histamine intolerance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. I, th I think you're, it's it's a spectrum illness, and you can have mild, moderate, and severe forms of it. Um, and uh, there's a whole variety of different things that are uh, involved in. Uh, you sort of have to treat each person individually, looking at their their unique situation, their history, their genetics, yeah. uh, their gut microbiome. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And this guy had babesia as well. We had to treat. He had really? infections. Yeah. Did he, so, have, did he actually have Lyme or did he just have babesia? He had babesia yeah. and he also had uh, bacterial overgrowth in his yep. gut. Yep. So people have leaky gut, people have irritable bowel, people have inflammatory bowel disease. They tend to get more of this histamine problem too. Yeah. Yep. So you just got to look for all the clues. Uh, and it's it's really really powerful when yeah. you see patients like this and they recover simply by uh, understanding how their system is out of whack and it's really about getting them back in balance and often over time by healing the leaky gut by providing the nutrients they need by sort of reducing the trigger foods by adding in the foods that are are yeah. beneficial these patients do get better yeah and it's and it's and I'm sure Mark that was a very rewarding case because you know when, there's nothing. Uh, I think that drives doctors is helping to alleviate suffering. You know, when you see somebody who's suffering mentally, physically for years, and they they're not getting answers, and they're saying, "Oh, it's in your head." Here, take an antidepressant. That's that's bad medicine. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I hate to, to vilify doctors too because you know we just we still learn about this stuff. Right? Yeah. It's like, you know, you expect a doctor to speak Chinese, but they never were taught Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I was, but I, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, one of my, one of my 
sayings that I say to my patients is, you know, I went from being a medical student to a student of medicine. I mean, yeah. it, unless you're a physician and you're constantly learning, you know, the stuff that you learned, in, you know, they, they, the old joke was, you know, uh, whatever you learned in medical, half of it was wrong, but we don't know what half of it is That's wrong. Right. That's right. The dean, the dean of our, our medical school got off the first day of medical school. So I have good news and bad news. Half of what we're going to teach you in five years is going to be wrong. And the bad news is, we can't tell you which half. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but we we're really at this. Uh, I think this, this extraordinary beginning of a new era of medicine. I, I I think we are emerging from the dark ages of medicine. Oh yeah. And and I and I say that in all seriousness because, you know, traditional healthcare, traditional medicine is focused on a paradigm that's based on diagnosing diseases by symptoms and by geography. Where is it in your body and what is the symptom? And then we group people into categories according to symptoms. You know, you have depression, you have rheumatoid arthritis, you have dementia, you have diabetes. But there can be many, many causes for each of those diseases and yet they all get treated uniformly. Right. And, and doctors don't understand how to navigate the, the paradigm shift of systems biology, which, yeah. it, which is explaining how everything is connected. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I remember this, this patient. I have a doctor for every inch of me. You know? Yeah, all the all, all, all the ologists, all the ologists, right? And it's no fault of their own. It's what we learned in medicine. It's what you and I learned in medical school, and, and it took us having some breakthrough to say, wait a minute, this, this doesn't make sense anymore. The body is a system. It's an ecosystem. Yeah. Everything's connected. And I, w I would venture to say, Mark, you actually bring up a really good point because I've seen all those patients who have, they have a cardiologist, they have a gastroenterologist, they have a dermatologist, they have an immunologist, they have a neurologist, and the more ologists that you have, the more dangerous it is. Well, then you get more piles of pills. Yeah. And, the, and there's a pill for every yell. But, the, you know, the thing is that... And they don't talk to each other. If you, if you have a migraine and joint pain and you have eczema and you have irritable bowel and you have a little pre-diabetes, they all get treated differently by different doctors. By, I mean, they get, treated, they get treated by separate doctors and, and every doctor really does the same thing. So we talk about second opinions. There really is no second opinions in traditional medicine. There, there may be nuances on how people do stuff, but it's the same old, same old. And, and functional medicine really is a true second opinion. It's a true approach that, that digs down into the biology, the underlying biology, and not, doesn't get hooked on the diagnosis. Exactly. And, you know, I, the, 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 uh, the, the teacher we both had, Sid Baker, one of the greatest thinkers in medicine, I think, in the 20th, 21st century. Yeah. Yeah, he said we, we do this pro uh, phenomena called naming and blaming. We name the disease, and then we blame the name for the problem, and then we tame it with a drug. So you come in, you're sad, you're hopeless and helpless, and you have no interest in life, and you can't sleep, and you're not, you're not eating, and you don't want to have sex anymore. The guy says, I know what's wrong with you. You're depressed. That's what's causing your symptoms. It's not the cause of your symptoms. It's the name of your symptoms. Right. They go, I know how to fix it. Take an antidepressant. But depression is not a Prozac deficiency. It could right. be a million things. It could be the changes in your microbiome or a vitamin D deficiency or omega-3 deficiency or mercury poisoning or maybe you took too much acid blockers and you have B12 deficiency or maybe your thyroid's not working. I mean, I can give you a million different yeah. reasons. And, and we have no roadmap in traditional medicine to get there from here. Yeah. And that's what functional medicine really does. It helps us navigate this complex territory of disease. And Sid Baker goes, well, you're given the wrong map for the territory of illness. Absolutely. And we're given the map of, of these labels. So it's like if, if you're going to New Delhi, and you get a map of New York City, it's not going to help you. <laughs> so <laughs> they get you into trouble. <laughs> they get you in trouble. So we got to come up with a new map. And that's what functional medicine is, folks. It's really a new map.
for navigating the territory and the landscape of disease. Yeah. And, and it, it is so gratifying after doing this for so many decades. Yeah. That's why you and I both work so hard yeah. at it because it's really not getting out there to enough people. And, yeah. and a lot of this you can do on your own. A lot of this yeah. is really doesn't need a doctor. Yeah, and the, the, the fun part of this is too is this, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when there was no internet. And you know, we used to have to, you know, we wanted to look something up. We'd have to go to the medical library and do that. And I can remember as a, as a physician, I was a, pr a pr primary care doctor in, in Stockbridge, a local town doctor. Oh my God. And when, when uh, the internet first came out and I could go on to the National uh, uh, Library, uh, the PubMed, yeah. and I could do it through, it was an old program called Lonesome Doc. Yes, <laughs> that was, I, I remember, remember that. I, did, I, I remember and that. I, and I said, oh my God, this is this is a game changer. Now it's like, I, don't, I, I have the library on my on my laptop. Yeah, you literally say, I want to know about histamine. So you'd go to the library and say, can you pull all the articles that might be relevant yeah. on histamine? Or you look them up. You know, in a, in a journal, and you write them down, and, and yeah. just you, your, your level of ability to learn and to process information. You know, and it's really, uh, yeah. You know how I've learned so much is just digging into the original and, research. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the ability to access that information now, like I can, I do so much of my research. You know, thank God I have a laptop and an internet connection because you can find amazing stuff. And you know, I just give me a, a, a cup, a good cup of coffee, and uh, some time, and I can research. Amazing amounts of stuff, and one thing will a little histamine to wake you up. A little, a little histamine to wake me up, and 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 one thing will lead to the to the other, and uh, yeah, it's, it's like it's, a rabbit hole. You go, oh, you follow this trail, that trail, because it, like, it is all connected. It is, it actually is all connected, yeah. and, so, and sometimes you know, uh, you know, chance favors the prepared mind. When you're looking for certain things, certain things will start popping up, and you start, oh yeah, that's a connection there. Oh, I see, yeah. I see that. How that's related to that. I think that's right, Todd. I think what you know, what you're describing in, in your understanding and processing of all this data is is a different set of filters. That yeah. It, is much broader than a traditional doctor. So a typical neurologist or cardiologist or gastroenterologist, they'll read deep into their silo. Yeah. They'll look at all the papers in their framework, but they don't look across disciplines. Yeah. And what's so fascinating is when you look at across all these different diseases, they all have the same common root issues. And we, we talk about the matrix in functional medicine, which yeah. is this, this framework for looking at the body that is based on understanding that health or disease is either balance or imbalance in these basic functional biological networks yeah. in the body. Whether it's, and, and, and so across the spectrum of diseases, these same networks are getting out of whack. Yeah. So if you're a neurologist, you know, you could have leaky gut, you could have mitochondrial issues, you could have inflammation, you could have nutritional deficiencies, you can have hormonal disruptions. Same thing with diabetes, same thing with uh, rheumatoid arthritis and and so like you, you you go well these diseases are actually all the same right <laughs> they're just they're just manifested differently depending on that person's unique genetics and predispositions and where the target goes yeah you know and so we we get so hooked up on the diagnosis whether it's histamine or migraines or depression the diagnosis is just the first step in the process of unraveling what's going on yeah you, and, you, yeah exactly and, yeah exactly. And it was the holy grail when I, when I was a medical the holy grail is and, and you got brownie points for, for yeah. being able to make the diagnosis. Exactly. It's called the differential diagnosis. So you yeah. could look at the symptoms, the physical exam, the lab tests, and the guy who wins the prize is the guy who can name that disease, like exactly. Jeopardy. Exactly. And, and you name that disease and you win you that. Gold star. You get your gold star. And then, and then afterwards, it's just cookbook. Yeah. It's total cookbook. Paid by numbers. It's 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 sad to say. I, I hate to break it to all people, but <laughs> you know, doctors once one there is a bit of an art to it and what you do, but you know, if you have a diagnosis, here's the standard of care, here's the drugs oh, you use, here's the surgeries, oh, here's great. here's the steps you take. 
and it's it's not that complicated. So it's kind of boring. It's formulaic. It's very formulaic. I mean, I used to practice emergency room medicine. You did too. And, it, you know, you think it's exciting and thrilling. It. It's actually boring. Actually yeah. Because, you know, the kidney stone gets these three drugs. The heart attack gets these four drugs. The asthma right. patient gets this protocol. The, uh, you Love know, the migraine patient again. gets this cocktail. And it's like, after you learn it, it's just, it's kind yeah. of boring. The key is making the diagnosis. But in functional medicine, the diagnosis is just the first step in yeah. understanding the complexity of what's going on. Then you go, okay, well, why? Yeah. Not not what disease do we have, but why is this going on? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you also you made you made me think of um, a great book. And I oftentimes oh, recommend this to my patients, uh, written by our friend uh, Jeff Bland. Mm. A fantastic book, and I, I highly recommend reading. It's called The Disease Delusion. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. We are, we so are deluded. By we're deluded by the by, by you know how we think of disease yeah. exactly. And it's, it's when you look at it from a systems well, biology yeah. uh, and a, and a broad approach, he does a very great job of articulating exactly what you're saying. And, th and this is why it's such an exciting time in medicine because all these silos are breaking down. We can't deny it anymore. The microbiome is blowing apart everybody's perception of disease. I said, you know, when your when your theory doesn't match the facts anymore, you got to change your theory. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening in yeah. medicine now, and it's it's really really exciting. It's a very exciting time. I think you know the the, the knowledge is exploding, and now that we have computers and uh, bioinformatics, and you know even artificial intelligence, you know we're only going to get uh, able to do better uh, uh, analysis of things uh, and really dial in the personalization of medicine. Absolutely, and we're we're talking about a real personalization around using you know much less invasive toxic interventions because even this histamine thing we're talking about you know it's, it's pretty straightforward when you when you look at it it's just getting rid of the bad stuff that triggers it adding the good foods that help you heal fixing your leaky gut taking a few nutrients maybe taking a few very low toxicity drugs yep. that can help uh, and, and and just people get so much better functional medicine is about getting rid of the things that impair health putting in the things that help the body thrive and then the body can take over and with its amazing intelligence can repair and heal from all sorts of things oh totally yeah and that's what we do so one of the you know one of the complaints we see a lot is fatigue everybody's tired right hi israk 21 here today i will recap a movie called malina malina is a 2000 italian romantic sex drama film this film tells the story of a 13-year-old boy who falls in love with the most beautiful woman in his city who is now a widow. He tries to seduce the widow until they are making love and licking her bottom cave. Okay, what's the continuation of the story? Batten down the hatches because we are going in hard. This is a spoiler content video. Enjoy the video and let's start the story. The film starts in a city in Italy with the atmosphere of World War II. There is a boy named Renato whose father has just bought a bicycle. Then Renato rushes to his friends, who are scumbags, because they have very useless activities. <laughs> what scumbags? The <laughs> woman in town to pass by. The beautiful woman is named Malena. When Malena passes by, these boys sit watching the beauty of Malena's body, which instantly make Renato's carrot waking up. And since here Renato starts to like Malena, then they move again to another place to see Malina. And like that every day the behavior of these unscrupulous boys. <laughs> In the evening, Yo, what Renato the fuck? can't sleep because he keeps imagining Malena's body until the next day. 
Renato is willing to skip school and then go to Malena's house alone. Suddenly Malena comes out of her house and calls Renato to tell him to buy some cigarettes. Suddenly the coins fall, and Renato gets an amazing view. But alas, it is just Renato's imagination. Every Whoa. night Renato has trouble sleeping because he keeps thinking about Malena. <laughs> so he goes to Malena's house and peeks at her from a small hole in the house. And luckily, Malena is lying down on the sofa. She's feeling hot. And here we find out that Malena already has a husband, but now her husband is going to war. That's why Malena lives alone. The next day, Renato comes to Malena's house again while Malena is sunbathing. Then Renato is peeking at her with binoculars and fantasizing about drinking the water dripping from Malena's hair. In the evening, Renato sees Malena while taking off her clothes then dancing while listening to a romantic song. Hearing that song, Renato also wants to buy the cassette. When he bought it, he then plays it in his room. Suddenly Malena comes. Renato is delighted. He then takes off Malena's clothes immediately. Finally, he manages to explore Malena's bottom cave. I swear the scene is really amazing. But again, it is just Renato's imagination. Oh my god, it's a goat. The next day, as usual, the boys wait for Malena to pass by. Damn. After Malena passed by, Free security. they were satisfied. <laughs> But here